Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equipped platform, pharmacy goals, and personal goals. We will also occasionally cover topical healthcare news and maybe throw into the conversation a few of our own nerdy passions and hobbies. So turn us up. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and we welcome you to episode 37 of the Quality Corner Show. For today's episode, we are excited to bring back our own PQS data security guru, Bill Lakaitis, to our show to discuss cybersecurity during COVID-19. Specifically, we want to look at how we can protect our data from would-be cyber criminals, what online traps to avoid during this new age, and how more time at home during a pandemic has changed how we need to look at cybersecurity. For some of you, the pandemic may include more time working from home. For others, it may be your spouse or significant other that's spending time at home. And yet for others, there may be more time by your children spent at home on a computer. More time equals more opportunity. And as we are entering the fall and new considerations for a COVID response, it seemed like a great time for us to address how to remain vigilant with your cyber defense. This is all important, even if you're one of the many pharmacists or healthcare providers that is considered an essential worker and thus not spending any time working at home. Now, as a quick refresher, you can check out Bill's prior experience on the Quality Corner Show in episode number 16, which focused on data privacy day discipline. But we will also remind you that Bill is the manager, infrastructure, and CPL at PQS and a great colleague. So Bill, welcome back to the show. Hey, Nick. It's great to be back on the show again. I appreciate you having me back. Uh, look forward to talking about this important topic in these, these uh, interesting times that we're living in right now. Uh, kind of uh, new and different for everybody. So looking forward to the conversation. Bill, I'm very appreciative that we're able to have this discussion. There are too many of us that think of cybersecurity as an afterthought, not me, uh, but it has really become a gateway to our entire professional uh, and personal lives. So it's simply not an item that we can consider an afterthought any longer. And Bill, I'm glad you can help us walk through the important details for us to consider today. Are you ready to get into our discussion? Absolutely. Great. So we know that staying safe is a top priority for our team, as well as making sure the information we are working on is secure. Some of the best cybersecurity tips and tricks I have learned have come from standard PQS training module that Bill helps to curate. As many people are spending more time at home and on their computers or mobile devices, it inherently means that lapses or lack of cybersecurity standards at home can greatly increase your risk for malicious activity. Bill? What advice can we provide uh, secure setups at home? Maybe it's things like Wi-Fi routers, uh, home technology, our phones, mobile devices, et cetera, to make sure that we are maintaining high data integrity. Uh, so, so I think there's a couple of things we need to think about, Nick. Um, you know, home versus work office. Uh, home, obviously, it's where you lay your head at at night, right? Much more of the relaxed environment. You may have kids at home, additional distractions. Say, for example, my current distraction, my daughter, I, I doubt you could hear it, but I could hear it <laughs> singing Michael Jackson bad to her karaoke machine in her room right now. So those are the type of different distractions that you know you deal with at home that you won't deal with in the office that kind of the relaxed environment give us a, a, a sense of security that make us need to even be more vigilant, if that makes sense. You know, so a couple of things that I can kind of give as advice or practice good tech hygiene across the board. Keep everything up to date. 
which will minimize your threat landscape. Malicious actors um, prey on vulnerabilities in hardware and software. Make sure you're staying on top of all your critical patches. Install security software. It's important to install and run strong security software on all your devices. It can help you give protection and peace of mind while connecting online with the outside world. You also wanna monitor what is connected to your router via the user interface that your router has. Um, you know, everything is connected to the internet these days. It's a, the, a big buzzword in tech is internet of things. So light bulbs, TVs, your doorbell, every, the whole nine yards is connected. Make sure you're aware of every device because each device adds to the threat landscape and all, overall vulnerability of your home network. And you know, just gen, practice general good home wireless security. Change the name of your default home network. Don't use your street address and your street name. I've seen people doing that. Um, don't use your name, Nick, as, as the, uh, the wireless network, because um, then people know who you are. I've seen people doing that as well, as crazy as that sounds. Or hide the visibility of the network name, um, which is also an option in your router. Use, and use secure passwords, as always. You know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. We, we do a lot of education on that internally. Um, so there's a couple of you know tips that I can give um, for people at home. Bill, with some of these basic um, setups or changes that people can make, is there a frequency? I mean, I'm thinking things like passwords, router settings. Uh, normally, there's some pretty standard ideas of how frequently we should be changing those to maintain good security practice. At a time like now with the unique situation that we're in, do we keep on those same timelines or should it behoove us to be more frequent with those updates? Yeah, I think... Um you know, as, as people think about things like that, you know, you think of first thing that comes to mind, obviously, as the manager of compliance is what, what are the compliance requirements? So for, from a business perspective, I like to keep it same for my personal 60 to 90 day passwords, you know, and, and to make a secure password these days, I mean, there's, there's password managers that will help you do that. Like LastPass, um, we internally use things like Zoho Vault for managing our admin passwords, which also will do two-factor authentication to even get into those. So, you, so you're securing your passwords where at the same time creating secure passwords. Um, so, so those are a couple of things that I think are important to keep in mind when thinking about frequency. 60 to 90 days is a, is a good frequency, I think, to start with. And, and, you know, again, everybody has a ton of different devices. It's tough to manage. Use a password manager if you need to. They're secure. Thanks, Bill. I'm going to lead us now into our second question. And when we are emailing, web browsing, however we have that connection into the internet at home, what do we need to look out for? Uh, what are the main ways that malicious actors may be um, targeting our devices or internet use? And I'll add a little bit of extra spice to this question as well. What are some of these traps that may be used in social media and different web platforms, so different social media platforms that we should be particularly wary of? More time at home can mean more boredom, more, more people spending time on those types of platforms. So again, it's an, an additional opportunities for malicious actors to uh, engage with us on our web presence. I think, um, you know, just to address that quickly, um, I think malicious actors have no shame in their game, so to speak. Um, they'll do whatever they can to get whatever the end goal is for them. So you, you talk about things that trigger emotions in people, right? We're talking COVID-19. We're talking, and I'll touch on that a little bit later as well. Um, but social injustice, we're talking about the president. We're talking about the election. We're talking about things that elicit an immediate response from people where they're not necessarily rationalizing like they would 
um, it's eliciting a more quick emotional response. And that's what they want to do. They want you to react immediately to things. So that those are the type of things, especially in social media, um, we've seen Russian intervention through social media and how they believe, how they believe that had, that had effect on everything. So um, as we talk about distractions, I have the little one coming in here right now. Say hi to everybody. Distraction, my, my prop here for distractions, Ava. Right, A. So, you know, those, those are the type of things that we need to keep in mind whenever we're thinking about, you know, social media and internet and all that. And a couple of things of advice that I would give is don't be a happy clicker. Safe browsing to sites, you know, adware, spyware, and spam are rampant on the internet and can make for unhappy com computing once the compromise on your machine. Um, you know, nobody wants to be seeing ads popping up and everything like that. Uh, be wary of phishing. Um, you guys, uh, we'll use the story today, I, you know, and, and we're very diligent at PQS. Um, everybody's a really good steward of our security. But, you know, talking about eliciting immediate responses, COVID-19 phishing is up. Malicious actors will use any fear to get us to act in an ill-advised manner. Internally, we've even seen a rise on, on clicking on COVID-19 things. You know, I sent out a communication this morning on that. Um, again, it's just something that we need to be wary of, especially at an at-home setting where it's a much more relaxed setting. I guess we just saw my daughter coming in, chatting with everybody. Um, those type of things happen. Um, it's a different world that we're living in um, professionally and personally, and we need to stay on top of those things and be even more diligent than we ever have been. Thanks, Bill. It's uh, certainly important, as you referenced, there's a lot of people that are looking for legitimate answers and how they can be prepared for COVID and, and trying to dig into some of the details. Uh, but it, it's important for us to remain vigilant and making sure that we're using trusted resources. That's something we should always be doing, but that, that hypervigilance now is going to be particularly important for, uh, for anybody using, again, computer, any kind of mobile device. Um, I, I would surmise that more people are increasingly, increasingly using those mobile devices. And when we talk about cybersecurity, a lot of people think that physical laptop or computer, but uh, mobile devices are going to be um, just as much of a liability when it comes to your personal information or any other information that's out there. I think for many of us, we're probably spending more time utilizing our mobile device or our phone than, than the laptop. So the little things are the items that can really trip us up. We'll, we'll move on to our third question, and that's another aspect of working from home or engaging in a socially, socially distant manner involves utilizing video conferencing. When we actually do these podcasts, we, we do it over a video conference because it's a good way for us to maintain some interaction and pick up on some visual cues. Uh, for different video technology, there's things like Zoom, Microsoft Teams. I hear Google Suite is launching something very soon as well. Uh, when it comes to some of this video technology, again, there's no shortage of malicious actors. What safety steps can we take when using different video tools, different video platforms to maintain appropriate privacy? Yeah, that, that's, that's some good stuff there, Nick. It, and everybody is, is um, you know, we, we've, uh, internally we're, we're using things such as Zoom and Teams and, um, you know, with, with people's at-home wireless networks being different bandwidths and different connectivities there, there's always challenges there, right? Especially wireless and how the radio waves bounce off the walls in people's houses. I mean, there's, there's different complications that go on there. So, so even, you know, making sure that you're keeping good connections for the video is an important thing. Other things like practicing webcam awareness. Um, we talked about spyware, right? Which, um, it's malicious software that enables them to spy on you with your webcam. What can you do? Well, always be aware of your webcam and what it could be exposing, right? 
Um, for instance, you could change your video background so other members of video can call, can't see into your home. We've, we've been known at PQS to have some interesting backgrounds on some of our team calls. Um, so it's, it, you know, uh, it's, that's a good practice at times. Also remember to turn off your webcam when, when your call ends. During meetings, if you don't need to be on camera, if you're not done sharing your part of the presentation, you could also turn off your webcam there to be safe. Another um, good uh, practice is avoid open meetings. If you want to maintain your privacy, never use an open virtual meeting space. It makes it easy for the cyber criminal to join in. Um, a big topic in the tech world that I'm sure you've heard of was Zoom bombing, where Zoom was experiencing um, issues where people, um, some of their open or unsecured meetings or unpassword protected meetings, people were joining and just crushing the bandwidth on the meeting. And the meeting was had to be dropped because you know, people weren't able to communicate. And obviously, sensitive material is being shared on there. The, the call has to be dropped in that case anyway for, for uh, security and compliance reasons. And also be careful what you're sharing in general. Always be aware of what you're sharing on your video. Be sure you aren't mistakenly sharing sensitive documents during a video call. Um, a lot of your video conferencing software allows you to share specific documents or applications, not just your whole screen. So take advantage of those features. Bill, thanks for going through that. And for video technology, I think a lot of those platforms have some built-in security features or some details, but your talking points there were, were really, if I can summarize them, not to just rely on what's built in for the platform. You have to own some of that security yourself, uh, some of the security components yourself. You talked about the selective sharing that's there, and that's an important item. I'm gonna transition and, and ask you a different question related to this. You had mentioned the bandwidth issue for, for some of that, how that can be exploited as well. Uh, you know, what are just some other ways that we can optimize, not necessarily from a security standpoint, but what are just some ways that we can optimize our video experiences or using internet calls? Because uh, that, that is becoming more and more prominent as well. Yeah, I think, and this is something that we talk about, um, Nick, where we've had experienced some bandwidth issues internally, especially in the Durham office where there's a shared pipeline. Um, we did move to a more dedicated pipeline where we saw better results there, obviously. But... Um, you know, everything that you're doing that traverses the internet uses bandwidth. So minimize the applications that you're, you, you have open during a call. If there's a critical application that you need to open that you're gonna be sharing, you know, keep that open, but there's, there's resource hogs, so to speak, like Excel and things like that. Try, try and minimize the amount of sheets that you have open, the amount of applications you have open. Keep your Outlook closed and less sharing, because uh, you, if you're constantly getting dinged by, by emails, people can see that popping up on your screen. So, so things like that, just general good hygiene of, of video calls. And, and there's a lot of good material out there on the internet to read on good ways to, to uh, maintain good video hygiene. But those are the, the ones that come top of mind for me that I think um, are critical whenever we're, uh, you, you know, you're in a professional setting. Well, appreciate the thoughts on that. I know that one I, I threw at you, uh, not specifically related to the cybersecurity, but again, good information for us to cover. Uh, at this point, Bill, I want to thank you for your insight and your expertise, and I'm hoping that our listening audience will find some of your tips to be very helpful during this time. Certainly, we're going through a lot of different transitions, and there's a lot of information being thrown at us, so hopefully this information is uh, a, better, a better pipeline for our listeners to get some good details on how they can maintain their cybersecurity, whether they're working from home, whether there's members of their family working from home, or uh, children that may be doing school and other activities from home. 
I know that I'm going to remain on the lookout and will continue to be more wary of uh, phishing attempts. And I'll be sure to hover over those links and those icons before clicking on them. That's definitely a pro tip that internally at PQS that we've shared more than a few times and one of the most simple tips that we can recommend for our listening audience. Bill, before we get to our closing, I want us to take a second to realize that knowledge is power. While I always enjoy talking to Bill, whether it's about appropriate cybersecurity or our shared love of football, despite our differences in the teams that we cheer for, I always think it's really important for us to be accountable for understanding the latest in cybersecurity. Bill, with that being said, what other recommendations can you pr uh, provide so that people can stay educated and stay on top of their game for the latest tricks uh, and scams that they may be seeing on the internet? I think, again, what you just said, stay educated, you know, make sure you're consuming the appropriate information from the, the appropriate resources regarding, you know, internet safety, you know, there's a lot of different sites out there, um, you know, staysafeonline.org being one of them, you know, to make sure that you're consuming from the, the proper resource things, the proper safety techniques on the internet. You know, the internet, I like to say this, it's, it's a gift and a curse at the same time because there's so much good content out there, but, but the wrong, when it's in the wrong hands, it is also malicious as we've seen uh, in many occasions. So I think just make sure you're consuming material from, from valid sources and, and taking those, those tips to heart and really practice them and being a good steward of security. We talk about that all the time internally. Stewardship of the organization and stewardship of good cybersecurity. I mean, because um, at the end of the day, our people, and I believe, and we believe this thoroughly about PQS people, are, are our greatest asset, but they're also the easiest vulnerability point when trying to access um, our, our resources and our proprietary information. So keeping that top of mind, I think, is important. Great information, Bill. As a pharmacist myself, there's a lifelong commitment to a life of learning. Most pharmacists, we think of that in terms of improving patient care, but it also really extends to everything that we do and, and ultimately how we're maintaining our cybersecurity can have an impact on the tools that we're using and, and how we work through our patient care activities as well. So I think it's an important topic. Uh, Bill, I hope you and your family and friends stay safe during this time with COVID. Um, the physical safety is something that's important, but again, this cybersecurity important for us to cover. And I'm sure we'll be in touch through secure communications later this week. Uh, as for our listeners, we hope you are also careful online and safely and securely keeping in touch with your coworkers, your friends, and your family. Be sure to follow the recommendations that Bill shared for us today and to continue learning how to maintain a high degree of cybersecurity. For today, that's all that we have time for, and it's time for our final message. So as always, our team here at PQS has a couple of favors to ask of you, our podcast listener. First, we encourage you to share this podcast with two friends, because if you share this with two friends and each of them shares it with two friends, it really helps us hit a larger listening audience. Second, we also want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find it. And then, if you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please contact us. The best way to do so is to email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind and what we can address so that you are fully informed. Our goal is to continuously improve our podcast content and to provide meaningful information to our listeners based on current topics in healthcare, technology, and quality measurement. We want to help you become as effective as possible in how you care for patients and improve public health outcomes. So until next time, we wish you well.